folks. The Field and Garden Podcast is honored to be partnering with the Growing for Market magazine. They have been publishing practical ideas and information for direct market flower and vegetable growers for over 31 years. All the articles are written by farmers who get their hands dirty and know what they're doing. The magazine is still on the same mission as when the Flower Farmer book author Lynn Bozinski founded this magazine back in 1992 to connect growers with the best ideas from other growers. There is dedicated flower content in every magazine, a decade's worth of back issues and over 1,600 archived articles from writers like Aaron Benzenkang, Gretel Adams, Pamela and Frank Arnowski, and Jonathan and Megan Lease, all available on the website. With 10 new issues every year available on paper, digital, or both, you're guaranteed to find something to fine-tune your farm and growing for market. So if you do farmer's markets, CSA, farm stands, pick your own florist sales, or wholesaling, whether you're a commercial grower or you just want to grow like one, subscribe to Growing for Market for the nitty-gritty details of growing, marketing, and the business of local farming. And I have a special offer for you. Use the coupon code WORKSHOP to get 25% off any subscription to the original Farmer to Farmer magazine at growingformarket.com. Hey folks, welcome back. It is your friend Lisa Mason Ziegler and this is the Field and Garden Podcast. Thanks so much for joining me and I truly mean that and if you are loving this podcast, then please drop into wherever you listen to this and drop a review. That just pushes those apps to show our podcast to more people. And there is nothing else you can do for me that means as much as that. And I read every one of them, and I appreciate y'all so very, very much. So friends, I um, am in kind of a content-making blowout season right now. Um, For me, it's fall time. And as I was um, trying to lay out frankly, a social media calendar for myself for the next few weeks, um, I thought, golly day, I should go on to a podcast and wrap this up in a little tidy package for people. Because friends, this is what happens to you as you get older. It's not that you lose your filter. It's that you all of a sudden realize some of the things that we worried about really are not important, and they don't really matter. And I truly am a firm believer now that people just want the truth, and the truth literally will set you free. And what I mean by that is cutting out all the fluff and foo-foo and just getting down to business. And sometimes getting down to business is not as glamorous as what people want to think about because, friends, I'm here to tell you, Being an entrepreneur business owner can be lonely, boring, hard, um, you know, none of the things that people want to know about and hear about. And 
because that is the true path, I believe, to being successful, most people don't ever make it. So that's kind of what I'm going to talk about today is I'm going to do some flower farming myth busters and some flower farming business truths. According to me, everybody has their own way, um, but I am of the mindset that a lot of the people that come to me, that follow me, that have come to be my friends and our big family, the TGW family, right, are people that truly want to embrace their passion, not make it a trap, embrace their passion, turn it into a small business that enhances their life, that doesn't take over their life, that they actually make money at doing for a multitude of reasons. You know, we've talked about some people are doing it to pay their mortgage, to pay their kids private school, to pay the bills, to pay for a family vacation, to pay for something. Um, you know, I'm all about goal setting. But anyway, I am, I just thought I would share some of these. And um, sorry, I kind of dove in a little bit. You know, if you're new to the Field and Garden podcast, welcome aboard. Um, this podcast is made possible by thegardenersworkshop.com. That is our home base, which is full of so many resources from this. You'll find our podcast there, and our podcast now has some new series. We have seed talk. We have bud, bug talk, um, and we have a lot of fun stuff going on as well as kind of serious business stuff like I'm talking about today, as well as our online garden shop is there where we only sell the same tools, seeds, and supplies that you hear me talk about and that I actually use here on my farm. You can actually, you can also find out more about our new phone app, the Gardener's Workshop Live Shop, where I do a weekly event um, where I'm showing what's happening here on the farm, and you can engage with us, and you can learn more about the tools, seeds, and supplies um, in real time, and there's just so much over there, y'all. Endless blogs, tons of videos, so if, and of course, gosh, I'm totally getting off key, y'all. Um, we have an amazing library of online courses from our big business schools that typically um, enroll in the fall with one enrolling in midsummer by Dave Dowling um, that only come available once a year, as well as a growing library of on-demand courses from preparing to sell to florists, to learning how to start seeds, to learning about flower um, collectives of that's a way to sell your flowers, working with other flower farmers. And friends, there's just tons of stuff over there and how to do, should you do workshops, you know, how to manage and have a small no-till micro scale flower farm. There's so much over there. So if the time comes that you do need um, tool seeds and supplies, of course, my books are there also, as well as if you're looking to expand your horizons, we appreciate it when you consider us because those outlets are what make all of our free content available. They're what support this growing, amazing team that is makes up the Gardener's Workshop. So with that said, 
So as I'm sitting here making my um, outline for my calendar of social media, um, which, by the way, is one of the ways that just really simplifies and makes social media one of your business tools, not something you fall into and scroll and get lost in every day. I thought, I'm just going to go in, and I haven't finished it. It's not by far um, streamlined, but I thought, I'm just going to stop and do a great recording about this because I think that there's somebody out there that needs to hear this. And so first, um, you know, I'm doing a series of posts about flower farming myth busters. And they're the things that we just hear. And I struggled with these myself firsthand. And I hear from people over and over again. So I'm just going to kind of run through them. First and foremost, um, the one that I hear a lot about is um, that there are too many flower farmers already. And I think the misconception is that people see a lot of people talking about being flower farmers. First off, being a flower farmer in my book, this isn't the rule. This is what I consider. You step from being a gardener to a flower farmer when you're actually selling your flowers. There's a lot of people stuck in that. They haven't built that bridge from becoming a gardener to a flower farmer. Um, and I totally get it. It's hard. Um, as I've already said, starting a business is huge. Um, starting a business in something that you really don't know anything about, and you might be a stellar gardener, but friends, I'm here to tell you, it is totally different being a commercial grower, and that's one of the biggest struggles. I see people, they have a hard time taking their gardener glasses off and putting their flower farmer business on, flower farmer business glasses on, and here's the bottom line. Most people are not willing to continue to be really bad at something long enough to get and gain the experience they need to actually succeed. I'll say that again, and I'm going to say it a little bit differently. Most people are not willing to screw up long enough to gain the experience to become successful. I mean, you have to really be willing to get beat up um, over and over and over and over and over again to make it to the finish line. Um, and then to top that off, what typically happens is when you're stuck in that um, vacuum, most people um, and I was stuck in this. this. I'm speaking from firsthand experience, y'all. So I'm not throwing rocks at anybody. I'm just telling you how it was for me. Um, and then when you're stuck in that vacuum, you don't look beyond your own experience. And it just leads you to throw in the towel for people to quit. Um, and so here's the nugget at the end of that road is you never know where that rocky road will lead you if you don't stick with it and show up every day. So that's number one, okay? I don't know how many there are that I'm going to tell you about here, but um, so that's one. The other one that we hear a lot, which was something I major league struggled with big time when I first started is, you think that you can't be a flower farmer because you don't have enough land, 
You don't have acres and acres. And friends, I didn't either. Um, and here's the truth to that. Small, in my experience, small space growers, and I'm talking less than an acre, um, are some of the most successful out of the gate and then go on to become highly efficient growers. You know, I started on less than a quarter acre and then for the first decade of my growing, I never had more than a half an acre working cutting garden. And friends, I was squeezing more flowers out of that half an acre than I ever did more flowers per square foot than I ever did as I got bigger. You know, I was so, I was forced to become so highly efficient um, and an intensive grower um, that it just pushed me to be a better grower. You learn to become a stellar grower when you don't have endless land possibilities. And I mean, frankly, even if you had 10 acres, why would you not want to do that? That's less land to do weed prevention, you know, less land to walk, less garden to do everything on, less steps um, to become a highly efficient grower. So thinking you don't have enough space is not a reason to not pursue becoming a cut flower grower. And here is another whopper, but I don't have a hoop or greenhouse. Listen up, friends. I still don't have hoop and greenhouses. I'm in the middle of the city. It was not an option for me um, because of city ordinances. And so, again, this pushed me to figure out another way to do it, other ways to do it. Um, we, oh my goodness. So, for the first, I'm just trying to think. So, I started growing in 1998 commercially. That's when I started selling flowers. In 2002 is when we built my work building, which is just a giant garage, that's actually what we told Steve it was going to be, a giant garage with a small space for my flower farming business. Actually, that building became my flower farming business. Anyway, that's a whole nother story, right? But we built that work building in 2002, which gave me a 10 by 10 grow room. We just made one room in that building um, that would be designated, had a floor drain put in it, the joy of being married to a plumber, y'all. Um, and it has grow, it has stainless steel racks and grow lights on it. And of course, because I soil block, I can squeeze a gazillion babies in a very small space. But the fact of the matter is, in that 10 by 10 room, I can start and support up to 13,000 seedlings in that small space at any one given time. And that really allowed me to produce the volume of seedlings that I was going to need for my three-season cutting garden, right? And, of course, then, you know, I have a, an area outdoors where they would move to and be hardened off and so on and so forth. But the other part is, is not having hoop houses. So greenhouses are what most growers would use to do that in. Well, that, that's just not an option, so I found another way. Well, the other thing is that 
growing cut flowers, it's kind of a given. It used to be. It's not so much today as it was back when I started 22, five years ago, whatever it is, um, that you had to have hoop houses to grow specific flowers indoors because you just couldn't grow them outside. And in fact, we have kind of blown that myth out of the um, pond too, that you just have to sharpen your skills and become a more skilled grower to do it outdoors. Um, and it all depends. It's like you can, I believe, grow anything outdoors. It's just, is it worth growing everything outdoors? Is it too much work is what I mean for the end result, which is the bottom line, right? Because we're business people now. We're not just gardeners trying to grow stuff. So you can certainly do it without hoop and greenhouses. And here's another big one, y'all. So what is this, number three? I've already lost count. I'm just going to say another one so I don't screw this up. That you have to have a tractor. I did not have a tractor to work in my garden until after the first decade. Um, up until then, I used a walk-behind, eight-horse Troy-built tiller. And then when we were fortunate enough um, to gain the opportunity to purchase the adjoining acre and a half um, to our property, I mean, believe it or not, how now I live in the middle of the city, y'all. They're not making more land here or anywhere, right? But to the fact that the 40-acre horse boarding farm next to me um, that went into because the, the owner, you know, was 97 and he passed away or was going to pass away. Um, he found a way to actually be able to share an acre and a half with us um, without having to go through incredible expense through the city um, to allow us to do that. I never dreamed that would happen. I did not incorporate a tractor until that actually happened. And that's what allowed us to head straight into those high production years, which is really where I learned um, so much about farming and gardening, which I'll talk about that in a second. So you do not have to have a tractor. And now that there is so much information on no-till and how to do that and um, making that fit in, um, I do a little no-till on our farm. We're still primarily a conventional farm and there's pros and cons on both sides of that fence. Um, and But I'm here to say you can grow volume. There are ways to go around that um, by being a low-till, no-till, um, and to, as I share in flower farming school, there are other options if you don't own your own tractor. Don't let that stop you. And here is another of the myths. Um, People are like, oh my gosh, I don't have $20,000 to start a business or $10,000 or whatever this preconceived idea is in your mind of what you need. And folks, I am here to tell you, my whole method of madness is based on starting with a low investment with the highest return and building your business on a cash-based business model. Um, and I still recommend that. I don't believe that anybody should go into debt to start a business. And folks, if that means you need to get a side hustle for two months to get the cash, or it means selling your whatever, or asking your parents for a thousand bucks, you know, 
that might be asking somebody to borrow the money is the last case scenario. But I know that a lot of people do that. Um, But I say you can start this business with far less money because people start investing in things they don't even know they need yet. So starting bootstrapped is what we are all about, and that is kind of my way of doing that. Um, And then another is having no previous experience, meaning like a formal, perhaps farming background or horticultural um, education, none of that is truly required. You have to have what you, what you have to have that a lot of people don't have. You have to have drive. You have to have ambition. You have to have the push to show up and do the work every day. Because I'm telling you, friends, I read all over the place. People complaining about their businesses that they haven't done the work that they didn't show up for and they're expecting the rewards. There, I said it. You know, I'm sorry. As I said earlier, it's not that I'm losing my filter. I am learning to share that a lot of the complaining and belly aching and rock throwing that is going on um, is being thrown by people that haven't even really done it yet. And one of the things that's becoming really clear to me is you have to do something over and over and over and over again to get good at it. And I'm not talking about a year or two years or maybe even five years, friends. You have to really do it and then to become successful, to learn the steps that got you successful. Um, And... (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going down that rabbit hole here. So the no previous experience um, is where we all have to just jump in and do it. And the other thing I want to say about that is to learn from doing and through continuing education. You know, how often do we say that it's all about education, but it's about education in the right way. You know, we're learning today that perhaps, you know, going into debt, $100,000 to go to four years of college is not necessarily the way for everybody or even for most people, right? The education that entrepreneurs and business owners need are those things that are relevant to them. Have you ever gone to a cut flower conference, especially those put on perhaps by the ASCFG, the Association Especially Cut Flower Growers, and those associated there? Who are the people there? Those people that are continuing to attend and show up at these conferences and to learn from those people that are teaching at those conferences are the people that you're seeing on social media that you think are just so successful. Friends, they're not just staying at home and keep doing the same thing over and over again. They are continuing to invest in themselves. Um, and I will tell you as a business owner that um, today, you know, it's it. my business has grown in so many different ways. I am still embracing continuing education in a lot of different ways. I am continuing to invest and 
I have learned the value of spending what would seem to me 10 years ago, a lot of money in education and marketing and things that you just don't know what you don't know until you've walked the journey, stayed the course, been consistent, um, and really just learn from other people that have done it before you. You do not have to know exactly how to do every single thing. There are ways out there to learn. And I'm going to wrap it up with this. I just read the other day, someone saying, you know, you don't need to learn from other people. You can do your own research and find your way. And that is so true, friends. I am here to tell you that is true fact. But I'm also here to tell you that to build a successful, profitable business, you have got to learn the quickest way to the success to be successful, to be profitable. Because most people that take the long way around don't ever make it around the bend. You get discouraged. You run out of money. Your family gets discouraged watching you suffer and listening to your bellyache and listening to, no, we can't go on vacation this summer because I've got this business that I'm trying to get off the ground. You know, folks, it does not have to be that way. And there are a lot of successful people out there that are earning a living, that have done it, and are sharing how they did it. And, you know, I am just here to tell you that that's the way that I've gotten to where I am. So, friends, I'm just sitting here looking at my list. Um, I invite you to consider... Are you, where are you going to be a year from now if you don't try something new, get out of your own way? You know, I heard Frank and Pamela Arnowski, the the video, I don't know if it's still up and playing, um, that the ASCFG had made, oh my goodness, it must have been 10 or 15 years ago, that they hired some videographers to do a little documentary on Cut Flowers. And I can remember Pamela saying that when people, Pamela and Frank Arnowski are like the rock stars, right? Of the beginning of the whole cut domestic cut flower industry being re, you know, the renaissance of that, right? And in that documentary, I can remember Pamela saying that when people, meaning people like us that are wanting to learn how to do what they're doing, when people would come to them um, to learn how to do it, she said the first thing we would say to them is you need to look to the organization, the ASCFG. If you want to get from point A to point Z as quick as possible, which is the way to success, then Joining the association is a very important part of that. And then continuing your education. And I want to say that those words still ring true today. People think um, it's an, becoming entrepreneurs is not becoming successful and then it gets easy. It's becoming successful and continuing to learn. And it actually gets harder, y'all. But that's what feeds those of us that want to 
head down this entrepreneurial um, rabbit hole, right? So friends, I just felt like I needed to share that. (laughs) And I might just listen to this again myself to do my social media calendar. And folks, I do invite you to head over to the Gardener's Workshop and learn more about our online flower, locally grown flower-based online schools. We have some of the top leading industry specialist people that have done it and done it successfully and are excellent instructors and teachers, have teacher hearts and they're great at sharing it um, and have done it and continue to do it or have gone on to expand in other ways. I mean, there is just endless possibilities. So head over to the gardenersworkshop.com, Flower Farming School, um, online, The Basics, which is my course, um, and I'm just thinking, y'all, Flower Farming School, um, Growing Cut Flowers in Hoop and Greenhouses with Stephen Gretel, um, Enroll Soon, as well as Ellen Frost, Growing Your Business with Local Flower Sourcing, and Jenny Love's Farmer Florist School, The Wedding Process, are all enrolling here this fall. And um, it's not what so many people think. This is not, this is where the rubber meets the road, friends, the business side of doing all these businesses. Um, So once you're in it, hook, line, and sinker because you have been pulled in over being intoxicated by the beautiful images. Um, we, Our goal is to offer you the steps to make it real and to make it possible for you to do it if that's the road you want to go down. And um, we're here to help you. So folks, until we meet again, ciao. Before we close out, I want to share a note um, from one of our online course students. Um, It's from Claire, and she writes, Dear Lisa, I just finished your basic course, and I am so grateful for the generous information you shared. Thank you for all your time, energy to create, and offer of resources like this to aspiring farmers, gardeners, and established farmers. It was packed full of goodness. I feel even more excited to take on my first season. Sincerely, Claire. Friends, I'm sharing this note and others, as you'll hear through time, because I can't tell you how powerful encouraging other people are. I mean, we were, the whole crew was so encouraged by Claire's note. Um, We have many notes, and I'm going to be reading them from time to time now, and Um, because it encourages you to encourage others and for others to encourage you, right? So we just wanted to share that with you. So friends, till we meet again, ciao.